Coming up on today's DC Tweet Team bonus podcast, I'm joined by the Burgundy Zone's Mike Reed. Great chatting with Mike, good buddy of mine, great, great guy. I hope you enjoy it. So with no further ado, here's myself and Mike from the Burgundy Zone. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team podcast, the bonus episode this weekend. And I am privileged to say that I have my good friend from the Burgundy Zone, Mr. Mike Reed. How are you, sir? Hello. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. I just answered my own question. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, it's super cool to have you uh, to have you on the podcast. Uh, Thank I've, you. I've been asked a few times, Andy, why did you start a podcast? And my answer has always been the same. I come on the Burgundy Zone with you three guys, and I felt so comfortable doing it. And a few people had mentioned to me about a podcast. Um, So I, after literally after that night we recorded that podcast, I thought, you know what? I contacted Maurice and said, you know what? We need to do this. I'd be like, you know what I mean? The the guys at the Burgundy Zone. So I always say to people, it'll be my same answer always. I I can say it to you now while you're on the podcast. Thank you, my friend, for being one of the people that influenced me to do what I'm doing right now. Oh, well, thank you, man. That means a lot. That's awesome. So we, we helped create this monster then that you got going on. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you got the... Uh, You're you, our fault. You, uh, you got the ball rolling. <laughs> it's definitely rolling now, my friend. But, but that's good, though. You, you've been putting out a lot of content, man. I love what you've been doing. And keep it up. It, this is easily one of my favorite podcasts. I think we've talked about it before. I think Redskins... I'm sorry, Washington football team fans have the best product. I think I would put our podcasts up against any other fan bases podcast, and I think we would win. Yeah, and the good thing is that I mean, there's no competition between us. Like you say, we've got the crossover one coming up this weekend, which we'll get into. Yeah, yes. yes. I listen to all of them. I don't see it. As, like, and Carl said to me many times, he goes, "Don't ever say like because I say like you guys are the inspiration why I've done this." And right. you know, and I, I know Carl doesn't like me mentioning that, but you know, right. you're, you're kind of like the benchmark. But there is so you the brawl network, the addicts. There's, there's loads. There's more. I could go on. There's so many. I mean, you are right. right. The product that the Redskins, Washington fans, but you got so me now. Yeah. yeah, we need a nickname. I've said this since for a couple of weeks now. There's got to be right. some sort of nickname we can have as a as a team. But there are so many podcasts out there, and the content and the content content's really good as well and I you know what I mean I walk to work some days or when I'm at work in my in my lorry or I'm out and about like doing things or going for a jog I've always got a Washington podcast in my ears and obviously you guys are one yeah. of them yes well so thank you same here man I think my fiance gets a little bit annoyed because it's just constantly football Washington football being talked about or listened to or I constantly I have to take an hour out of the day to do a podcast and she's like how many of these are you doing this week and I'm like, <laughs> I literally got that about five minutes ago. She's like, podcast time again. I'm like, you know, I <laughs> keep churning that. We keep churning that. We'll uh, get the podcast out there. But um, unfortunately, today, obviously, we're going to start on a bit of a you know a sour note. Obviously, the Ron Rivera news broke. Uh, I I saw it this morning when I woke up. There, you know, one of the right. downsides being in the UK is when you wake up, you get all the news from the yeah. night before. So um, obviously, I listened to you guys. I listened to your podcast, and then I quickly went on to check my Twitter and, and the unfortunate news about ron rivera what are your initial thoughts mike what do you think um what did you like what did you think when you heard the news oh i mean my initial reactions were man this team is just cursed with everything going on finally have something going in the right way and something like this happens but i I think the initial reaction was a bit of an overreaction as it often is I, i think that usually when you hear news when you hear something you automatically jump to the worst case scenario and and i think that if anybody can look cancer in the eyes 
and beat it, I think that it's Ron Rivera. I think that this guy is lucky enough that they caught it in the early stages and, and that it shouldn't be too much of an issue, but it is a very serious type of cancer as well. I mean, but it, it's crazy that he's just still been coaching. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. They say that they have a plan B in store in case anything goes on. So I just, I wonder what that would be. Yeah, I mean, I can get on to plan B in a minute. I don't, you might not have seen it. I know you've been quite busy the last hour yes. or hour or so. Yeah. The right. Ron Rivera and Julie Donaldson literally just released a interview. Uh, it must have been about 20 minutes ago on uh, YouTube. Okay. So, uh, would and, be head yeah, he, um, he spoke for a good 15 minutes about it. And um, oh, on, yeah. on the note of his cancer, I mean, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it. My dad had exactly the same cancer. Exactly. Oh, no way. Exactly the same. And he beat it in six weeks. He had the treatment. Oh, wow. This was five years ago now. Right. Um, he beat it. So when you hear like Ron Rivera saying, you know, and in your obviously like you'll you'll probably listen to the interview after we do this uh, recording this podcast. Yeah, he right, said, right. "Yep, yeah, he's going to be Monday to Friday, exactly like my my father had Monday to Friday. He's going to be having the treatment. Uh, I think it, my dad's lasted like a couple of hours a day. You're like you're hooked up to machines. They're just pumping you like of good drugs, like to get you better, if you know what I mean. Right. right. Um, and he said he's going to be doing that Monday to Friday. But uh, the thing that come across in his interview that he's just done, he said the doctors have advised him to carry on working. Oh, no way. So he's just they tell him that that's probably the best thing for him is to just go about life. Yeah, just go about life. They said, look, don't wow. get me wrong. There might be the odd day or the odd week where you think, you know what, I, I just need to rest this week. And right. the, the important thing in this interview was he said he had spoke to his coaches. And from what I got and from what everyone else is on social media, uh, um, if he did need to take a, a week off or a game off, say, because obviously we're around the corner from the season now. Right, right. Jack Del Rio would step into his shoes. Right. And, and that that's one of the benefits, I think, of having a coach's experience is Jack Del Rio, who has over a decade of head coach experience. I mean, I know he wasn't with the Raiders for that long, but he was with the Jaguars forever. And uh, so he, he can jump in there and, and resume those duties. And him and Rivera seem kind of similar. I mean, of course, they were both linebackers. They're both defensive coaches. But they both seem to have an aggressive, up-tempo style that I think they just connect with the players very well. And uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But, yeah, in the off chance that it does, or if it does, it's very good to have that plan B and have such a solid plan B like Jack Del Rio already in the house. Yeah, I mean, Julie Donaldson made a great, uh, she asked him a great question. I'd, I'd already wrote this down to ask you, do you think that like, this franchise, obviously we've gone through the name change, the sexual right. har the sexual harassment scandal, the ownership turmoil, Darius Geis a few guys. weeks ago, oh. Trent Williams, COVID-19. What obviously we we can't we can't blame COVID nineteen on Washington. I'm right, sure some right. people would some people would try. Well, maybe yeah. I'll just <laughs> you know? say you might I'm be sure there's to. some uh, some sure there's... out there on some yeah. network that would blame right. Washington. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what what is it about this franchise, Mike? What is it about every season? I mean, I've like I said many times, I've supported them since the year two thousand, right? Nineteen ninety. What is it about this team? What why are we so cursed with bad luck? I honestly I couldn't tell you the exact reason but it's been this way my entire life i was born in 1990 and i was a redskins fan from birth i come from a family of redskins fans and so i i i'm sorry washington football fans well i was a redskins fan so i guess i can yeah. say it in this context yeah. but so i i missed the super bowl the, the 91 92 super bowl i don't remember that and that mm -hmm. was the last winning season that they had yeah so my entire life it's been this dysfunction and, and i think a lot of it obviously unfortunately starts up top and you kind of just see that a lack of leadership and a lack of a game plan and i think one of the problems originally that dan snyder ran into was he bought the team as a fan and he tried to run the team as a fan and that 
never works. That, that You can't do that. The good thing is I do think that he's realized now that that's not how you are the owner of a football team. So I, I do think that they're turning the corner. It's just at some point, man, this bad luck has got to run out and we got to start turning things around. I think right now with all the stuff that's going on this offseason, I mean, this has got to be – has got to be the end of the storm before we turn this around because it's just too much too many things too many things going on and it's i don't know maybe we're cursed maybe there is some native american curse that was put on us you know maybe (laughs) maybe there's something going on maybe you would almost think that city of washington dc was uh built on like an ancient indian burial ground or something yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm kind of like I've been thinking. I've been chatting to a few friends today, and obviously I've been at work all day, and I've, you know, a um, couple of um, NFL fans that I know. I I'm of the opinion, me personally, now with everything uh-huh. that's gone on, like all the stuff I just mentioned, name change, sexual harassment, guys, COVID, ownership. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately with Ron Rivera, do you know what I think? Coming this season as a franchise, we might just come out that first game and go f you to everyone. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone, right. everyone, everyone doubts us anyway. So yeah. we're we're used to that every season. Oh, Washington yeah. Redskins in the past, right. they'll never amount to anything. Do you know what? If if I think in a and I think Ron Rivera kind of like what what I've heard for him speak in the last hour or a couple of hours in his interviews, I think he's kind of like that. He's kind of that mindset as well. It's like you yeah. can't. Th- you've tried to throw everything at us. Name change. You know the harassment case. Now the, right. obviously the guy thing from uh, last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Trent Williams. Obviously, you know the the whole cancer thing with Ron Rivera is not his fault. So you know, but I think come the Eagles game and come this 2020 season, the Washington organization just roll up their sleeves and go f you to everyone. Let's go and do this. I 100 percent agree, and I think that. Ron Rivera, like you, you hear the players talk about him. Ryan Anderson said that he would run through a wall for Ron Rivera already. They're not even, they're not, they haven't even gotten to game day yet. And honestly, I think that the lack of preseason is only going to help this team. I've talked about it on the Burgundy Zone before, but these opposing teams, we know what Doug Peterson likes to do. We we know what some of these teams like to do on offense and what their defense is going to be like. You have no idea what Scott Turner's offense with these with this group of players is going to be. You have no idea what type of schemes Jack Del Rio is going to scheme up on defense. So I think it can only benefit us not playing any preseason games that we can come out there and smack the Eagles in the mouth, especially with everything going on. Ron Rivera is a master motivator. Uh, he's definitely going to have them fired up to play week one. And let's just hope we can put it together for two halves, unlike last year when uh, we came out for one half, dominant, and then got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what are your while we're speaking briefly about next season? What 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 are your thoughts, Mike? What do you think we will achieve this season? What are you hoping? What's your is it heart overhead uh, kind of situation? Well, I'm of the thought that we are better than people are giving us credit for. Now, I, I do also know that anytime there's a season, like of course we've never had a season like this one with COVID, but anytime there's been like a lockout shortened season or, or anytime anything like that has gone on, it's just kind of been an odd year. There's always a surprise team that comes out there. You know I mean? We won the Super Bowl a couple both times, I think of during both lockouts, two lockouts. And uh, w- there's always, this just opens up. It's an, it's a level playing field now, you know, it's not just going to be the dominant Patriots and the Packers and the Seahawks. Like there's going to be a surprise team like a Cleveland Browns or like a Detroit Lions or like a Washington football team that can come in there and really make some serious noise and actually win the entire thing. So I I think that it could go one of two ways. Either they do really good and surprise a lot of people 
or they'll be somewhere in the middle. I do not think that they're going to be as bad as anybody believes because I don't think Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio will let them be that way. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've, I've said this for many, many times. And me and Maurice, I think, said on the very first uh, Redskins Tweet Team podcast, then mm-hmm. um, I think we'll get a wild card. And um, I, I, I still... You really could. I still stick by that. Um, who, who are you looking forward to seeing most uh, offense and defensively uh, on the side of the ball this season? Mike, who, who are you really excited to see? And who's your, who's you, who will be your surprise uh, standout player? Well... Obviously, I'm excited to see Bryce Love, if all the reports and stuff are, are true that he's looking like he did two years ago when he was at Stanford, bouncing back from a knee injury, then I think he, we have a perfect complement to Adrian Peterson. We have an electric back. I, I'm, I love Antonio Gibson. I, I love the way that he plays the game. And before we drafted Antonio Gibson, we did a, a player profile breakdown. And I, I broke down his game film. And I talked about how he was so good on stretch runs, but he's not necessarily a north and south runner. But once he gets outside, good luck because he's gone as soon as he gets daylight. That's been all of the reports so far. They've been Antonio Gibson is really impressed where as soon as he finds a crease, as soon as he gets to the outside and gets a little bit of daylight, he's gone. So I'm excited to see some of these running backs, some of these younger guys uh, on defense. This might sound weird, but. I'm excited to see what Ronald Darby can do. A lot of people forget that his rookie year in Buffalo, he was very, very good. He still has that same skill set. I think with this defensive front, he's he's going to be he's going to have a lot of opportunities at some balls to make some plays. And uh, also, I, I think Logan Thomas is another severely underrated piece who's still learning the position of tight end. But if he were to come out, if you were to put his combine numbers when he came out, of course, as a quarterback, up against the tight end class this year, he would have been among the most athletic tight ends in this entire draft. So he's somebody that can really, I think, grow. And I think that there's a reason that Ron Rivera and co went after him specifically this off season and didn't really draft any tight ends. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be, I think we, like you say, we've got such a young squad and we've got a few veterans in there that can, that, you know, that are really going to, I think we'll surprise everyone, my friend. I really do. I mean, yeah. I, I say this every season, but, <laughs> this season, I actually mean it. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, what I mean, I genuinely think come the first game of the Eagles, we're like, if so many people are just tweeting me and messaging me, like non-Washington fans, and they're like, "You guys won't do nothing," you know, you'd right, be, right. you'd be your, you'd be your usual kind of self. But yeah, I, I seriously do think that we're going to stand out and surprise everyone. Um, and yeah, it all depends on Dwayne Haskins too. I think if he can take the step, which I mean, so far he's done all the right things during this offseason, then I think we're going to be in a very good position this coming year to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally going to, that was my, uh, coming on to my next point. Obviously, you've gone into it, the Burgundy Zone over in your podcast. We've gone into it in our podcast. And the Washington fans are talking about it. But I'm sure like people that maybe haven't heard your opinions yet. What's your view? What's your opinions on the whole Alex Smith thing coming back? Do you, and, and to a lot of people, I was on the Brawl Network last week and Parker, right. um, Parker and the guys in there. They were like, there was a little, not an argument. We just got into a heated discussion, as you do on, uh, you know, it's just guys two in the back. Parker's like, he was thinking, come, if we don't start that well, Alex Smith is going to not, he's not going to be a backup. He's going to play. Oh, wow. See, I I don't know if it'll go that far just because the type of injury, I think it all kind of depends on how he reacts to a live game situation. Um, But I think the plan is you're going to stick with Haskins for as long as you can this year and just really see what you have. And even if he's struggling, he's still such a young player and such a raw prospect. Remember, he only started one year at Ohio State, came out after his redshirt sophomore year, 
So he's still very raw and still has a lot to learn. So the more you play him, the more he can grow. And even if he's struggling, I think that you're still going to keep him in. Unless, of course, he's struggling and the team is vying for a playoff position and, and they're still really close somehow because the defense is keeping them in, then maybe you put Alex Smith in, but I just don't see it. it. It's an amazing story and it would make for an amazing movie, but I just don't think that it's going to play out that way this year. Do you think Carl Allen's sitting there going, uh, hello, has everyone forgot about me? I, th- I really think that he is. And honestly, I think that he's going to begin the season as the number two quarterback because uh, – People got to understand Alex Smith. Yes, he's gotten cleared from doctors, but it's he's still a long way away from actually playing. Like he, he almost lost his leg. His injury was very serious. It's going to take him a little while to be able to get his footing back. So he might start the season on, on the reserve list or something or on the injured list. And just Kyle Allen will be the number two. And yeah, a lot of people do forget about him. This guy knows the offense like the back of his hand. He had some success last year in Carolina. He also had a lot of uh, bad plays, but he's somebody that can't be discounted from this offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be, like I say, personally, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, Alex Smith is its a great story and what he's done. Right. But if 2020's taught me anything, it's <laughs> never say, I, you know, I have no clue about this year. This year That's has true. completely right. bamboozled me. I've got no clue what's going on this year. You know what I mean? If you'd said to me in January, uh, come March, you're going to not work for four or five months and you're right. going to have to stay in your house and you know, you're going to have to wear a mask when you go to the supermarket and there'll be no sport and you won't be able to travel around the world. I would have been like, are you crazy? And you know what? That's why I feel like we're in the middle of a simulation right now. You know, Kobe Bryant <laughs> dies all of a sudden the world goes to hell. Yeah. It's, it may, <laughs> it's, it's honestly been one of the craziest, craziest years. I, you know, we will, like you say, I know you're just about to become a father again. This is right. something to your, when your kid is born, you are going to be like, do you know what year you were born in? You know oh, what yeah. I mean? When your kid is like, you know, right. seven, eight, nine years old, you're going to sit yeah. the royal girl down and you're going to be like, let me tell you about what happened the year you were born. They'll be like, yeah. you what, you what, dad? You know, we had to wear a mask. He couldn't travel. There was no live sport. Right. You know, they're, they're just going to, it's going to be like, like when now when we hear stories about the Second World War and things like that, it's going right. to, on that scale, isn't it? It 100% is. It's also, I mean, what was it, 1918, they had the, what was it, was it the Spanish influenza? The, yep. Yeah, something like that. And that was, of course, a big, big issue. I know my grandfather's sister died from it, and it was just a completely different world. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how it is right now. It's it's going to be unreal. I don't think that if things go back to the way that they used to be, which they may never, who knows what's going to happen. The world might not recover from this. Uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting story. It's, But yeah. I don't know, man. I'm so negative right now. <laughs> as long as they let, as long as they let me fly to the states, my friend, because you and I have got some drinking to do. Yeah, I was about to say, as long as twenty twenty one comes and we're good to go, yeah, we're fine. As, as long as I can jump on a plane and uh, exactly. come, come and see you guys for a week or so, that's uh, yeah, right. that, that'll be good for me. Mike, on the um, on the like the bonus weekend episode of the podcast, I'm I'm always interested in other fans. Like I say, there's a lot more knowledgeable fans out there than me. That the Washington franchise, obviously, you live there. You like you say, you are lifelong Redskins slash Washington fan. Right. What was your earliest memories then as a as a Redskins fan back then? And obviously, Washington fan was it a family thing? Uh, was it like your mum, your dad, or 
or anything in your I'm always interested to know how people become to support the team obviously people ask me all the time you're like look you're in England you support Washington so right. I explain it but what is it for you is it obviously your your upbringing what's your earliest memories of being a Washington fan um yeah like I said I was born into it um my earliest memories are, are of old late 90s early 2000s Redskins teams because I, I didn't really I would always say I was a fan because that's what my dad was. But before, I mean, before I was really like eight, nine years old, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. You know, like I, I was a Redskins fan, but I didn't know how the game necessarily worked. So I remember some of those late, late nineties, early two thousands teams, you know, like of course, Brad Johnson. I know you were a big Brad Johnson guy. Yeah. Uh, he's my boy. Yeah. I, I loved LeVar Arrington for a very long time. He, he was always my guy. Um, I remember being, maybe about five or six and uh, saying to my parents, calling them the dickless Cowboys instead of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. And they thought that was hilarious. I got in trouble for it, but they still thought it was funny. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was, I didn't even know what a pun was yet at that point. But I think that was my first memory of like, all right, this kid's born to be a Redskins fan. Yeah. Hundred, oh man, that's awesome. Who was your, um, who was your favorite players uh, growing up? Who did you like? like Are you, who were you like in your backyard? Who did you want to be? Like I said, I, I always loved LeVar Arrington, uh, but I was always a big Brett Favre guy too. I was always – I loved Brett Favre, the way that he played the game. Uh, and, of course, you want to emulate – I remember watching John Elway win Super Bowls on the TV and, of course, retiring, going out on top, and my dad telling me that this was a historic moment. This is one of the all-time greats. And so I, I always loved quarterbacks, but whenever I played football, I was always – a left tackle. I always played on the offensive line. So I also, once I started playing football, then I started to watch, you know, some of these good offensive lines with like Chris Samuels and John Jansen and Casey Robach and, and Derek Dockery and Randy Thomas, you know, in, in the mid 2000s. And I loved those teams. Wow. Yeah. We, we have had some great, great players over the years. And like you right. said, hopefully now under Ron Rivera that, you know, with these young guys, that's what I've been saying to everyone. I'm thinking, you know, and I, had, I was lucky enough to speak to uh, Ken Ken Harvey on uh, yesterday's. So, yeah, by the way, very good show. But, oh, thank you very much. I absolutely yeah. hear that guy. He's he? an awesome dude. I've been um, I've been speaking to him today. We've been texting backwards and forwards because like the right. um, the, uh, the like, people just been messaging me all day saying Andy's like yeah. one of the best shows that you've done. That was so good. He seems like such a cool dude. Wow, honestly, I mean, he was like we should we speak before and afterwards. I think we were still talking like forty minutes after the podcast had finished. He's just you know oh, telling wow. me a few stories. We we're chatting about hopefully when we're going to meet up when I'm coming over in DC. So I think so I'm. Now, let me ask you then, if you still had a MySpace, would would he be in your top eight? Uh, he'd be in my top five. Uh, see, okay, there see, you go. You might need to see Mike. You might be showing your age now. You might there might be some people. <laughs> that, they're like, my what? What is it? Yeah, what is it? They're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, MySpace. Yeah, you might go oh, and right. Google it. Go and Google it. It's before Facebook and Twitter. Right. Yeah, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he was such a he was such a such a cool dude. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's just I'm just privileged to speak to all these kind of people on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. You you've definitely grown a lot since since your first episode until now. Now you got it down, man. Now you're getting all sorts of huge guests coming on your show. Look at you. <laughs> you 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 all growing up. Uh, so I know it's like I'm watching my son right now. Right, like I say, you guys, uh, you guys got me into it. So thank you so much for that, my friend. Um, of course. What do you think the next three or four years holds for the Washington organization? 
obviously we've got the culture change now. We've got completely right. new ev- everyone. You know what I mean? We have a new president. What do you think about that? Oh, I loved that. Uh, I, I thought that that was a tremendous hire. And anybody who says otherwise, anybody who says that it was something race related is an idiot. Uh, this guy is clearly 110% qualified. He, his resume speaks for itself. And it's just a bonus that he also used to be a former NFL player. I think even if he wasn't a former NFL player, he still would have gotten the job because he's just that good at turning public opinion around on certain on certain uh, franchises and, and certain, you know, certain uh, I don't know why I can't think of the word right now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, certain, <laughs> certain businesses. Uh, yeah, he's, so he was, he's, got, he's, so, he's got so many qualifications. Right. I mean, what do you say? Someone messaged me today. I didn't even reply. I couldn't be bothered. It was such a stupid question, but they privately messaged me. Maybe I should lock my Twitter every now and again. Um, <laughs> they were like, okay, you got rid of all the jobs for the boys, the Larry Michaels, the Chris Cooleys, but the main job for the boy is why he's still there. Nothing would change his Dan Snyder. He right. said, he's the main... I literally, it was a long message. I couldn't, it was, you know, I was at work. Right. And I was like, you know what? What is this guy? He goes, you're still Not a racist. You're still a racist team. You're, what do you oh. say? What do you say to these people? Like you say, you get it all the time. What do you, what do you think about when people say it to you? I mean, I, I think at first back with the whole Redskins name, I would tell people that that's not how the name was intended. Uh, that's, you got to look at intent and that's not what the name originally meant. But now with, with people saying stuff like that, you just, if anything, the Washington football team right now is on the forefront of, of leading the charge of progressiveness in the NFL. They were, I mean, first of all, they were the first team to ever win a Super Bowl with an African American quarterback. They just hired the first ever African American uh, team president in, mm-hmm. in NFL history. They led the charge with COVID. They're the first people that told their scouts that they weren't allowed to travel. They were the first team to open up their stadium to testing for COVID. They're yeah. the first team to hire a African American female coach full time. Yeah. They are just kind of on the forefront. They're doing so much to kind of step away from that past that they've had, and I think that you're only going to see that grow over the coming years. Yeah, do you just think in some people's eyes we can never do right for doing wrong? Yes, hundred percent. I think that no matter what they do, they will always just be known as that team with the racist name, and it'll never be good enough for some people, and they will always hold that over our heads. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I just like you said, I just, I couldn't really be bothered today. It's been a long day at work, and I was like, not you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not answering this question again. You know, right? Um, right. What's your Mike? Obviously, you've been to FedEx. Obviously, many people over here listening yeah. in the UK, unfortunately, haven't. You know, we don't all get the chance to travel over to watch the team. Um, right. What's your experience has been like at FedEx? Because a lot of people have said to me, hopefully now with this new team, the experience gets better at FedEx. Like I've said a few times on the podcast, I've been to FedEx and I've never been so outnumbered in all my life. I've been, right. um, you know, I was, I was quite clear on that. The Eagles game and the Giants, and yeah. Giants and Giants game on Thanksgiving, um, coldest day of my life, which I will never, <laughs> I will never ever. I've never been so cold. I felt like, you know, I felt like I was watching a game in an igloo. I was That's so true. cold. What's the, what's your views on the whole FedEx thing and what we can do to make FedEx like a fortress? Obviously, everyone says winning, but you know, we need to get these fans back through the turnstiles and you know, right. butts on seats. What do, what's your opinion? Obviously, you've been to FedEx many times. What's your views on the whole thing? Can I, if I can be completely honest, I, I hate FedEx Field. Not not just because, of course, like the field itself, according to players, is terrible with, with the grass and the actual field. But just the experience for me every time I've been there has been so negative. I don't know whether it's just because I relate that to losing, us losing the games or bad fan interactions. But 
I've had some terrible interactions with other teams fans there. And you're right. I, I think a lot of it is that there's just so many, we're always outnumbered. It seems like it. And they really need to, the only way to fix it, I think is to put a winning product on the field. I think that fans this off season are a lot more excited than they've been in really since I can remember in 2012 when we drafted RG3. So so they've kind of re-energized this fan base, and it kind of sucks that you're not really going to get to see FedEx Field at full capacity because of COVID. So the one time that fans, I think, would really come out in numbers, especially to begin the season, you're not really going to see it happen. Um, but they can do a lot of things, man. They can lower some pricing of parking. They can, they can lower the prices of concessions. They can just improve the field. Honestly, I, I'm somebody who hopes that they just start fresh soon and, and get a new stadium. I know that a lot's going to go into that, but I've had nothing but negative experiences at FedEx Field, and I wish I could say differently. Well, yeah. Do you think we'll get back on the? I know. So we've I spoke about this on. You know, I had I'd lucky to have Rick Snyder on the on the podcast. Do you think right. we could get back on the old RFK site? Obviously, if it's flattened and rebuilt as the new Washington Stadium, do you do you think there is any chance? Obviously, you live there, so you know far right. more than me. So I'm bowing down to your knowledge. Here. <laughs> do you think that we will end up back in DC? Um, I think. Uh... After all of this, yes, I think that there is a very good chance that they will end up back in D.C. Will it be at the old RFK site? I I don't know, but I, I remember uh, the mayor of D.C., uh, Muriel Bowser, said that they she wouldn't allow the Redskins – I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Still can't get used to it. I think, I maybe we, like, time I think every time you say it, yeah. we should like, you should put like a dollar in a, in a, in a bowl or something. You, right, you right. might have to pay for my flight like by the time I next year. Yeah, yeah, like a like a slur jar, just like Rachel <laughs> slur jar. Yeah, but, uh, I think that there is a good chance that they end up back in DC. Um, I think that the old RFK site. I don't know. I, I would love that because of the nostalgia that that surrounds it. And I mean, you see all these videos of RFK rocking. You know, I mean, the stands used to rock. I went there for the national for a couple nationals games. I never saw the Redskins play there, but the nationals played there before their new stadium was built. Then it was, it was cool. The only thing is that area of DC is a terrible area. It's getting, it's getting gentrified a little bit. It, okay. It's on the come up. So they are kind of rebuilding it and more businesses are coming in and they're, and they're trying to build it up. So maybe in the near future, that, that would be a possibility. But as of right now, at this moment, that area, I would be terrified to go down there. Oh wow! I've always yeah. been I've always been interested, Mike, as well. What's the view of it? I asked Kyle when I think he came on one of my first show. What's the view amongst the casual fan out in Washington? Obviously, they might not go to games, or they might not be diehard Washington fans. What's the right. view amongst casual fans? Like Kyle mentioned, me that he has buddies who don't even support Washington, and they're just like, "Oh, do you yep. know what? We'll just go to the Washington game today because we can get a ticket, but we don't really support them." And like Kyle's yeah. like, "Oh, you shouldn't go to these games. Let people go to the." What is the view amongst the casual fan? of us as a franchise in whole. Obviously, you've got friends that I'm assuming aren't all Washington fans. Oh, yeah. What's the uh, right. what's the view to your friends? Obviously, they know you're diehard. Do you get so much stick for it? And what's their opinions on the team? Right. Well, obviously, so you have your fans that are, that are Washington football team fans, but they're not – they don't follow it as closely as somebody like me or you or Kyle or, or anybody. They're not as diehard as us. And those are the people that every offseason – we're, we're going to the Super Bowl, we're winning it all, we're doing this. And it's just like, you guys got to pump the brakes a little bit, come back down to earth. Um, but there's a lot of people around here that aren't Washington football team fans. There, there's, And one thing that's kind of important to remember is D.C. is everybody from all over the country 
gets jobs in DC with the government. So they come from Texas, they come from Pennsylvania, they come okay. from California. Yeah. So it's a melting pot of just people from all over the country. So there's a lot. I think Maryland probably has more Washington football team fans than Washington does. Uh, so it's really a Maryland and Virginia thing. And now a lot of Marylanders are, are Ravens fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just people that got sick of the product that was put on the field. I personally, I could never do that because I love this franchise. Yeah. But I don't really blame them, man. I mean, we haven't had that much to be excited about and it's constant disappointment, but there's a, there's a big melting pot. I, I would say uh, of fans in this area, a very big variety. Yeah, I mean, I used to like a few people might not might not have heard it was one on one of the early. Po- I used to live in West Virginia, and right. that's oh, how okay. that's how I become a. I, I lived in Martinsburg. And, oh, now how long did you live in Martinsburg? Uh, about a year. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so I, that's how I was traveling backwards and forwards for about a year. But I spent a lot of time there, um, and that's how I got into supporting Washington. And everyone there, everyone I spoke to was a Washington fan. Everyone I met, obviously, I didn't know anything about the NFL or the uh, the Redskins back then. I didn't know anything. And that's how I got into it, and just their passion. And I was like, you know what? This is like our football, our soccer over here. I'm, right, you know, everyone right. knows I'm a massive soccer fan. I'm a big soccer yeah. Hotspurs fan in the Premier League, which is starting up again uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, um, yeah. and, and I just that's how I just fell in love with it, and the passion of the fans. And even for me, this side of the pond, you can kind of over the years, you've kind of seen that dwindle, haven't you? And like you yeah. say, you know, the casual fan does you know they don't go such as much anymore but I'll, yeah. I'll come back to it under Ron Rivera I think that's all going to change my friend so do oh, I 100% agree I think that's like I said I think that that's kind of re-energized this fan base it's kind of re-energized just people's view of the team in general I think that some people are starting to realize that we are on the right track I do think that we still have to prove it over a couple of years to some people and for good reason I mean this type of stuff has happened before where, where we thought we were on the right track. You know, when we hired Mike Shanahan, when we drafted our G3, you know, when we signed Albert Hainsworth, when everything seemed to be going the right way. Oh, if RG3 hadn't point, got injured, Mike, if RG3 hadn't got injured and they're taking him off the field when they should have. Right, right. That I might have worked out a little bit done different. Great. I was literally running around my living room screaming at the TV <sighs> to get right. this guy off the field. I think we would have done great things. It's, do you think it's such a shame that his career, he'll be known as the, that he's so close to being a great? Yeah, I, I think that it's just devastating because if you really look at that rookie year, that was just incredible. I mean, that was among the best rookie years that a quarterback has ever had. Yeah. Was it a Vikings game in running down the sidelines? With that touchdown run, yep. Oh, and my God, my friend. I think incredible. I would have the entire street when that happened. Yeah, and he had some throws, too. It wasn't just the plays that he was making with his yeah. legs. He had some throws that were just unbelievable, but it's such a shame that he's – like, he beat out Andrew Luck. He beat out Russell Wilson for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he just – it, it's just unfortunate what happened to him, but at least it's not like he's like a Jamarcus Russell where it's just like, this guy just sucked. It's like this guy, the only reason he didn't really make it in the NFL was because his injury and his attitude, he could have been great. He had the talent. He did some good things at least for a year when he was healthy. Maybe it's the Washington curse. Maybe we are cursed, Mike. I'm telling you, I'm 100% convinced now. I kind of talked myself into it during the show that we are cursed. I keep telling everyone, just move the franchise to London. Play at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Week, I will solve this problem. Right. <laughs> they, how, hey, how far are you from London? My fiance wants uh, to know. I can be there in half an hour. So he's about a half an hour away. 
Yeah. She says you're so lucky. Oh, mate, I promise you, when you're, everything is done and dusted, you guys are more than welcome over at my house. You come for a vacation. Okay. I will show you guys around London. I promise you that. Okay, we'll get. We'll have to take you up on that. Hundred percent, my friend. You are more. I've said that to Carl. Everyone, if anyone ever, I'm putting this out there on the podcast. Hopefully, I don't get <laughs> yeah. saying, "Okay, Andy, we're all staying at your house." I don't know how my wife will appreciate that. We might, right, have, to, right. might have to move. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's always been a dream of ours to go to England, see London. So, oh my so yeah, like I say, that, when the, um, when the guys uh, like I had Kelly and uh, Crystal and uh, Jay, loads of the girl, the girls right. and Liz from the Tweet team come over for the Bengals game. So we met them on the Thursday, I think it was Thursday morning outside Buckingham Palace. We met them. And oh, wow. um, I'll try and dig out some photos and I've got some videos I'll send to you. So you'll you yeah, see that I'm, I'm due up in London, I think in about a week or two. So I'll take loads of pictures for you and uh, I'll send them over to you for your wife and stuff. But yeah, we, yeah. The, the girls were like, some of them hadn't even been outside America. Is that Do a lot of Americans not go? I don't know, I'm waffling, going off here a little bit, but no, really, a lot of Americans don't leave America. I'm, I am one of them. I've never left America. Seriously? And it, I swear. Yeah. It, it's, disappointing it, it really is. is a lot of people say to me it's because your country's so big you can just go on vacation in america right yeah i mean you can i mean america does have everything i mean it's got beaches it's it's got deserts it's got huge forests it's got canyons mountain ranges but yeah it doesn't have anything cool like ancient ruins it doesn't have big ben the know? queen it doesn't it doesn't have the queen that's right um, so I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I, I feel like a lot of Americans are just lazy or just don't have the opportunity to go somewhere. And, and like I, I was supposed to go on a huge uh, European tour maybe like three, four years ago where because uh, my brother was stationed in Italy in the Navy and uh, I literally just couldn't get a passport in time. Oh, and so wow. that was a that was a blower. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess a lot of it's just Americans are so lazy sometimes. <laughs> It's not a stereotype if it's always true. Then yeah, yeah. Hey, look, guys, this is this is not me speaking. This is one of your own. You, you American yeah. This is you know, this is Mike Reed. He's speaking for you. He's speaking for the people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike, 2021, my friend, we're, we're definitely going to hook up. No problem at all. I'll be stateside. Yeah. We'll try and get you over here. Not a problem at all. I'll gladly be your tour guide. Um, moving back go. to the NFL, Mike, if there's one thing in the NFL that you could change, what would it right. be? Just right now in terms of COVID, if, uh, if or COVID just... anything in general, if there's a rule you might not like or something that's always bugged you about the NFL. If you were like, if you could, right. you could, they could say to you, Mike, you can change one thing in the NFL, I anything would... you want. I understand why the game has moved in such like an offensive heavy direction because it's exciting, but I'm somebody who always got excited over big hits and good defense. And, and when you kind of take that away from the fan experience, you're throwing the flag anytime a quarterback is hit outside of a certain zone i think that that's a little bit ridiculous i understand it because of the whole injury thing and and it's just today we know better but you i mean you look at rugby and i mean all you got to do is teach proper form rugby has next to no injuries compared to football and they're not wearing any pads and i feel like it's uh, because mike that is a you know the main argument i get in with my english friends and i'm sure i know some of them can listen to this podcast they're like right. why, do, why do you watch just a poor man's rugby they don't even you know we do it without pads you just watch a pussy sport and right. it drives me mental i can't stand it when they say that but you know <laughs> i mean it is it's rugby you you don't have almost like that superhero feeling because you're not wearing pads. So you have 
to tackle correctly or else you're going to break your neck. You're going to jam your neck. You're going to yeah. get seriously hurt. So you, you have to learn technique. You have to practice technique. Football, it's just you see people flying around, just lowering their shoulder right into the jaw. And But I would definitely take away some of these defensive penalties that they have. It kind of takes away from the fun for me. Like Sean Taylor would not survive. In oh, wow. Do you know what? When people say to me that rugby is better than NFL, I showed them the clip from the Pro Bowl. Right, yep, against Brian Mormon. Yeah, I'm like, here you go. You think that rugby players can take this hit? Watch this. Yeah. And all my friends are like, oh, yeah, okay. I, 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 watch, I, I must watch that clip five or six times a week. Right, it's it's incredible. I, I, I remember watching that live and just losing my mind. Mm. And I felt so bad for Brian Mormon, that punter for the Bills. And when he got back up and tried to like, shake like his, his hand. hand yeah, yeah, he took it. <laughs> he could he barely, looked like he had about 10 pints of lager. He could barely move. Yeah, he had baby deer knees. He was, <laughs> I mean, a little bit wobbly, but he, he took it. He, he tried to go dap up Sean. And, I mean, of course, it didn't work out too well, but props to him. He's uh, still talking about that hit. He'll still get asked. Uh, he would have gone on to be probably the is he is he? Do you reckon he's our greatest player? I, I, a lot of people have said to me in my area. Obviously, I didn't start. I'm a bit like you. Obviously, you were 1990. Uh, you were born, so I started right. supporting around then. Is he for you? He's in. He's my all-time favorite Redskins player. Hundred percent. Sean Taylor is easily my all-time favorite Redskin, and it's just such a shame. I get into because there's so many Ravens fans near me with where yeah. I live in Maryland. Yeah. I get into it with them all the time. They always talk about Ed Reed, and I'm not taking anything away from Ed Reed. Ed Reed is a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest safeties of all time. I still think Ronnie Lott's the greatest, but Ed Reed is definitely up there. Like, he's one of them. Uh, And I really think that Sean Taylor would have been in that conversation as well because he could do it all. You look at when he was killed, when he was murdered, Mm -hmm. he was leading the league in interceptions. He He was starting to become that center fielder type not only known for his big hits and it's just that the amount of plays that guy made I don't think you can really get a grasp on it unless you go back and actually watch the games to see how much he affected the games because you can watch highlights and yeah they're cool but you don't understand how much that guy affected momentum how much just how much energy he brought with his big plays until you go back and rewatch those games yeah, hundred percent, man, and you know he's, he's he's sorely, sorely missed. May rest in peace, um, Mike. You mentioned it there very briefly, just finishing up with yourself, and I'm really grateful. I know you're a busy man. You lot a lot going on in your life at the minute, so I'm really <laughs> grateful that you've taken the time to come on the bonus episode this week. I'm really grateful to have you on, my friend. Um, it is obviously you mentioned like the rules there; they could relax or some. Is that why? Obviously, I'm only getting into it myself. I don't know what's happening with the season. I'm about to ask you: Is that why maybe college football is more entertaining out in the states? And is there going to be a college season? Do you think this season? No, I unfortunately I don't think that there will be. I know that a lot of players are petitioning, putting out like the hashtag. Yeah, that's why because I know they said that they're probably going to gar cancel, but like players are like coming out saying, I've only just got into it this season. I was going to get into it because it's on Saturday night. It's perfect. Right, right, right. So, um, but yeah, it's obviously there won't be a season. Yeah, I don't think that there will be. It's And it's disappointing, but yeah, I, I think that people like college football so much because those players have a reason to play. Like in the NFL, you can see people kind of get a little bit relaxed because they've made their money. They got their family to worry about. They don't want to get hurt. College football, it's almost like you're playing to leave your mark and to make it to the next level. So you want to give your all 110% every play. So I feel like that's why college can be a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's also why it's going to be such a shame. And it's going to be so weird to see what happens with the draft this year. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. What will happen with the draft now, Mike? I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. They're talking about 
there possibly being a spring season for college football. I know I've heard floated around, but if that's the case, then how the hell are you going to turn around and then play a season in the fall in the NFL? Like it, it's going to be weird. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of college players already just saying, no matter what happens, I'm not playing this year. I'm just declaring for the draft. And it's a lot of the big name guys, the top guys. But if you think about it, if there wasn't like, we're not going to get a Joe Burrow in, in this draft. We're not going to get somebody like Joe Burrow would, would have been a mid round pick. If mm-hmm. he didn't play the way that he played last year, if he, if he couldn't show off and become the number one pick, like Kyler Murray, same thing. He would have been a late to mid-round pick. Probably wouldn't have even ended up playing football. So, like, we're going to miss out on a lot of chances to see somebody special that really rises up to the top. It's yeah. going to be weird. It's going to be very weird. Um, did you see today as well that the uh, XFL is back next season? Yeah, uh, I, I saw – I know that The Rock – uh, bought a percentage of it. I yep. know that trying did, to rejuvenate it, but it's a hundred percent coming back now next year. Yeah. Did you get? Did you watch it much? Of it? Obviously, DC have a team. Did, did DC was, did yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah. They they played pretty good in the beginning of the season, and then they started slipping up, of course. And then as they were playing bad, the season got cut short. But yeah, I definitely watched it. Of course, I remember watching the original XFL. Yeah, with <laughs> W. Vince McMahon and the commentator. Yeah, that was yeah. as funny as hell. I used to love that. That was uh, that was brilliant. Um, was Mike, fun. last question for me, my friend. What do you want yeah. the Washington uh, organization, what do you want the name to be when they do decide on one in about 12 months' time? What's your preference? Oh, see, that is a very good question. Uh, thank you, my friend. There's, there's so many options out there, and I just hope that they come up with something original. I, I don't want I, – I see the Red Wolves movement. I don't. Oh, want no, Wolves. don't get me started on that. Yeah, I, I don't want that. To me, it just sounds too forced. First of all, it's a, it's a beta animal that's almost extinct. <laughs> so it's – I mean, there's like 10 of them left in the country. Um, yeah. there's, <laughs> so why would we – I don't know. But I, I hope that it's just something that's unique and original to the area. I was 100% on board with Warriors. Yeah, and, that's and me. That's what I'm choosing. I would be okay with that. Uh, it's just, of course, you got the Golden State Warriors as well. But you also, there's so many teams with double names in different sports. But it, I just hope that they pick something unique to the area and they don't force it and bow down and bend the knee to Red Wolves just because some fans got a hold of it and they're running crazy with it. I love the idea of incorporating Wolves, just not Red Wolves. Maybe Wolfpack, something, not Red Wolves. No, not Red Wolves. But yeah, I had to, we got into it on the Brawl Network this week with Parker. And yeah, just something for me about fans. Just, right. Ooh, every day, oh, no, I don't want to hear it. That's yeah. what exactly. That's what Kyle says. Yeah, Kyle, yeah Kyle don't get Carl started. Don't get Carl. You know, yeah. talking of Carl, we've got um, we've got the crossover coming this weekend, my friend. There's myself yes. from the Tweet Team, Redskins Addicts, which I'm going to ask Rodney about. A lot of people said to him, can he call him the Redskins Addicts? I'm like, he can call it what the hell he wants. It's his podcast. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, we Obviously, we've got myself, the Addicts. Uh, we've got Carl and we've got Parker from the Brawl Network yep. coming up this Sunday, the first ever uh, Washington uh, podcast crossover. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to it. I know Kyle's been super excited about it. I, I, we've been talking about it in our group chat with me, him, and Hall. And uh, we're, we're excited to see what you guys do, man. Yeah, it should be good. I'm really looking forward to it. So, Mike, honestly, mate, I appreciate you taking the time. You're about to become a father. I, you and your wife, I wish you ev- – I hope everything runs smoothly for you, my friend. I know I'm Thanks. all the way across the pond, but if you need anything, my friend, reach out to me and ask. I'm going to London in a couple of weeks. I'll try and take as many pictures and videos for you guys as I can, and you will be my guest over here, hopefully, in the next couple of years, my friend. Yeah, there you go, man. I appreciate that so much. You have no idea. Thank you. Yeah, you're more than welcome, Mike. Thanks for coming on the podcast, buddy. Of course.
course, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mike. Speak to you soon, pal. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye, mate.